what's up welcome back to guitar blah blah now if you caught the last couple episodes you know what's coming up today is part three of my interview with yuha rukankas of rukankas guitars and yeah we really did keep on going <laughs> even longer uh there is yep even a part three even with how long parts one and two were that's right i mean uh we covered a lot to do with the guitar world and the world of music in general we went really in a deep dive into what it's like being a guitar builder and coming up with creations with kind of our case study of the valve bucker from Rukunga's guitar so if you want to know all about that that was really what we covered in part two and really if there was anything left to talk about anything at all regarding uh guitars making music enjoying music the music industry and the crossover with the world of guitars pretty much we covered it <laughs> in this part three um and yet we we covered a lot we definitely did um i want to give a massive thank you again to you for joining me uh particularly for such a long one um but it was really great to get to pick his brains i definitely learned a ton and i hope that you did as well and that you'll continue to in part three here is definitely some really interesting insights from you that really got me thinking um kind of hence why i went so long so anyway Big thanks again to Yuha and his part three of our discussion on basically everything guitars. I think that's a lot of what, you know, the Valbuck is kind of almost more of an extreme example, but a lot of what the purpose of guitar builders such as yourself were doing is finding these players who, even if it's not as strong as wanting to lead, are, are looking for a path that's very much their own. And that's where the attraction is. And I think... You know the difficulty is about uh getting it getting it out there like you said a lot of that again is the guitar community comes second it's about a mu it's about the music community and and the reason we're like fuzz phases or this or that is because of a player who took them and made them yeah. into something and kind of defined them and i think as musicians come to the valve or come to a more experimental guitar design or whatever that when they make music with it that's new and fresh and, and is specifically made with this this gear and this instrument that's a lot of what defines it i guess the cool thing is with with this fracturing we, we talked about it doesn't need to be some big massive star it could be exactly. someone within yeah. one of these fractures who then it becomes integral to their music making and yeah and that attachment's there but you know you you have to do so much experimenting like listening i love going in depth on the Falkbucker because it's 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 just an insight into the level of experimentation and um kind of trial and error and all these things that go on um the the smaller builders do and that i think is so much of what's fascinating about this whole world of guitar builders um right i mean because you you guys do a lot of stuff that if people are listening to this and their brains are still just not interested in the valve barker or or they go okay i'm gonna need to sit and watch some videos of this if, it, if it's their <laughs> first time hearing about it you know, you guys also do a lot of experimentation to do with using uh, local woods. You talked about thermal woods. You talked about things that relate to sustainability, that relate to kind of just redefining the, the ingredients. Um, you do a lot of that, like using Arctic birch. Is it moose bone for the nuts <laughs> as well? I mean, how how does that come about? Is that just a similar process if you are just experimenting from you know a challenge that's in front of you or 
are you really specifically saying, look, if I'm going to build guitars and I'm going to build them with fairly uh, recognizable shapes generally, I need to really put their foot in to find something new for players in other ways? Well, I, I, I would say that like first and foremost, I, I'm, I'm an extremely pragmatic person when it comes to right. when it comes to uh, you know as a businessman i i i'm 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 lousy i'm, I'm a lousy businessman i would say I, I'm, <laughs> I'm really terrible at thinking of you know the commercial applications and how much time are do we can we afford to put into something mm-hmm. i'm i'm really um and and I guess me, me and my team were all, all these years we've been doing this were kind of suffering, suffering from the, the, the <laughs> consequences of, of me being such a more of a more of a hippie than than a, than a businessman. But so so um, I I don't think I could have, would have been able to calculate um, the choices of of trying to find novelties for reasons of you know branding or marketing marketing or something like that for me it's been mm-hmm. very pr- pragmatic in a way and sometimes pure trial and error uh, for example the uh, the Spanish cedar mm-hmm. so this is just you know me studying guitar making back in 1992 1993 mm-hmm. and building my first uh, Les Paul replica okay, in the guitar yeah. making school that I was studying in, in Finland mm-hmm. and and I bought a piece of mahogany and you know being a rookie with a, with with, with with the building and all that, so it just went on with the with with making the guitar, and then at some point, kind of realized that this this guitar weighs a ton. Mm-hmm. By the way, but this is a heavy mm-hmm. heavy piece of equipment. This guitar, yeah, I don't want and, this on my neck for an hour. <laughs> you know, and 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 well, then there, I mean, obviously, I um, I'm very aware of the the, the history um, with the. I mean the 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 old Gibson Les Pauls. There's a variety in 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 the weights of those guitars as well, but they tended to be um, lighter than than later in the 70s and the 80s. Um, mm-hmm. Very much lighter than than in the 70s and 80s. And and Gibson has uh, kind of solved this problem uh, by drilling holes into the guitars, making like weight relief and and doing this yeah. kind of things which is I, mm-hmm. I understand it but but still even with the weight relief and all that that the the mahogany generally available and the uh, like let's say from the 70s on even from the 60s on even mm-hmm. it's been generally like heavier and heavier it's 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 difficult to find lightweight mahogany it is available yeah. sometimes you find a plank yeah. Right, but it's very difficult to build any kind of business around if you're making if if you're attempting to make more than five guitars a year, and mm-hmm. and and you can afford 
you know, to go to the lumber yard or wherever you buy a wood from and, and you know, go through all the stashes of wood to find that one <laughs> plank or two planks. Yeah. It's very difficult to find lightweight um, mahogany. Mm-hmm. Um, and when, when at, in the guitar making school, um, making that first guitar, I bought the wood that, that was sold for me from the school and it was what it was. And uh, so I was kind of disappointed in a way that, okay, this guitar turned out to be so, so heavy that I, I'm kind of, kind of don't like this heavy guitar. And, and at the same time, kind of reflecting on my experience with, with Gibson Les Pauls. I mean, I've, I've really always, since I uh, started listening to rock music, I've loved the concept of the Les Paul. I've loved mm-hmm. the I've loved some kind of an uh, aura around it, the design, sure. some yeah. kind of. It has to do also with the rock music aura, the rock star, mm-hmm. the guitar hero aura around it, around Jimmy Page and around other guitarists that were using that guitar. Yeah, yeah. So it has that kind of like a like a um, emotionally some kind of a magical thing that it has done to me, but. Yeah. But the practical reality has been very different. When I go to music stores and I pick up Les Pauls, I've, I have to say that I very rarely liked the Les Pauls as a, as a to hold them because <laughs> they they're often heavy and even if not so heavy, they're uh, the design is so that it's kind of back heavy. It kind of if you're playing it on your lap, it kind of feels like dropping dropping from your lap like not neck heavy but the other way around so i get you mm-hmm. yeah so it's it's a, as a design it, it hasn't been very ergonomic and, and comfortable in a way i just love mm-hmm. the thought of the les paul but not so much the actual les paul <laughs> that it is <laughs> <laughs> or or my experience of it so yeah yeah uh, then i had a uh, an um uh, an opportunity to um to visit a collector uh, when I was studying guitar making, this was after the fact that I had m- already built my first Les Paul replica guitar, and and so I I visited a collector who had a gold top 1957 Les Paul, which right. happened to be one of the really light ones. Mm-hmm. And so I picked up that guitar and I, I strung a chord, and I'm I'm feeling like totally different instrument. This is a totally different instrument than any Les Paul I've ever ever played. Right, and I, right, I start right. talking about the, with the collector, and I talk about my teachers. That what is this? And they start educating me that well, this is the thing. Mm-hmm. The Les Paul was not ever designed to be the heavy guitar that you see in the guitar stores. It it, it was designed to be this way, and I'm mm-hmm. like, it's like what, like what? <laughs> All these years I've thought different, and I I didn't know, and so, um, so I kind of started thinking differently of a Les Paul that okay so Les Les Paul style guitar can be musically a very inspiring instrument actually mm-hmm. and it can be a lively instrument it can resonate well and it can be really um, something else than I, I thought and and this is then again fast forwarding a couple of years I was apprenticing at a classical guitar workshop Right. Where the guys, the master Luthier, he put me uh, uh, or, or gave me a task of, of carving necks to their guitars. 
So he gave okay. me a couple of pieces of wood. They look the same. I start carving one of them. I start carving another one of them. And they kind of feel the same. They are really light. They look yep. mahogany. Mm-hmm. But I was not into classical guitars. I was not. I didn't know so much about the classical guitar traditions at the at the time. Mm-hmm. So I would just go ahead and carve those necks. And then I just realized that when I'm carving this other neck, there's this funny smell. It's, it's just very different. It, it, they look the same. But the mm-hmm. other one smells different. And when you're working with wood, you also, some of these particles are floating in the air and you get them to your lips and you're kind of, you, you can taste yeah. different woods, you know, mm-hmm. whether you want it or not, but you can taste, Indian rosewood tastes very different from Brazilian rosewood, for example. Mm-hmm. They, 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 the odor is very different and so on. Mm-hmm. So I'm like getting this really, I'm carving this other neck and I'm getting this really bitter, weird taste to my mouth and really aromatic smell in the air okay mm-hmm. and i'm like what these aren't both the same and that was obviously the point of the master luthier he wanted to mm. give me these two pieces of wood that looked identical not not really identical but to an untrained eye yeah. identical yeah um he 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 put me to do that work so that I would notice that they're different and ask him the question, what is this? Mm. So that he could explain to me that one of these pieces is an old growth Honduran mahogany, lightweight mm. and blah, blah, blah. And the other one is Spanish cedar. And it is the stuff that classical guitar necks are traditionally made from. Mm-hmm. That we like to use Spanish cedar for a number of reasons for classical guitar necks. We don't have truss rods. This is the most stable tone wood in the world. You don't need truss mm. truss rod when you have the when when the both the neck and the fretboard are chosen correct and built right. Mm. Um, <clears throat> it is the um, also the tone wood um, or, or the wood one of those wood species that is like is strongest in relation to its light weight. Mm. So the 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 weight to bend strength ratio is, is excellent. So it, yes. it has these properties in it. Um, it's very stable. It doesn't typically move very much from different climates like winter, summer, because it has that kind of a tendency of uh, um, keeping stable humidity in it, which is one mm. reason why Spanish cedar is used uh, also in, in cigar humidors. This right. has this tendency okay. of like keeping stable um, humidity. Mm-hmm. Why? I don't have the answer for that. But anyways, yeah, well, so he was, ex- yeah, he was explaining me all this. Yeah, so he was explaining me these reasons why, blah, 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 blah. And all the time I'm thinking, coming from rock music background and wanting to learn something from classical guitars, I'm all the time, my, my brain is buzzing. Has anybody made mm-hmm. electric guitars out of this stuff? Because <laughs> now I'm thinking of the 1957 Les Paul, the gold top, and I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, my brain is already there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I uh, eventually I find out that that uh, a colleague of the uh, of well, he was had already been many years a professional builder, Juha Lotton, another Finnish luthier. He had made mm-hmm. a guitar, a, a Gibson Les Paul style guitar uh, out of out of Spanish cedar, and he really liked it. And and I asked him about it 
yeah, he said that he liked it, but it's impossible to sell because it's not mahogany. Because people right, the mahogany. traditional guitar yes. thing. I want mahogany. What's yeah. this? What's this Spanish exactly. stuff? I don't want a Spanish guitar, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, but I was encouraged by it. I was thinking that, oh yeah, but this could be my thing because this is something I want to experiment with. I see. Because okay. it just felt so great. So I went on. I bought. From that time of, uh, of apprenticing there, I bought enough Spanish cedar for making three guitars. Mm-hmm. And then a year later, I had my prototypes of my Duke guitar, my first original guitar, ready. Mm-hmm. All, all three made of uh, Spanish cedar. Yeah. So that's it's very pragmatic reason for me, just finding something that I know that is available and mm-hmm. and that, that could, be, could work. And of course, seeing it also as a bonus that that this could be my thing. Yeah. Cuz I I've, be, I've never been for some reason I don't I don't know why that's some kind of a mental illness I think but I I've never been kind of able to be kind of scared for taking challenges regarding the business sides of things. Right. Like like mm. uh you know my colleague telling me that it's impossible to sell that wasn't scary at all. I just no. thought that, but that must be, that you can overcome over time. Right. Mm-hmm. It was a struggle. I mean, always when you come up with something new, it's a struggle. It's a, mm-hmm. it, every time it's a struggle. I remember it was my guitars, Spanish cedar guitars with Arctic birch tops. It was impossible to sell them in Finland. Mm-hmm. Not impossible, but very difficult, very challenging until Guitar Player magazine reviewed one of my guitars. Mm-hmm. in year 2000 in the very early 2000s so right. when the americans told that oh this is just out of this world excellent this is cool okay then the finnish oh okay okay so they don't believe <laughs> so they, they don't believe a fellow finnish guy but if they if the <laughs> americans say it's good then <laughs> well there's the saying nobody's a, a prophet on their own land so i, I think yeah, okay i think mm-hmm. it is you know, it, you know it's you know I, and I think the birch, using the birch tops, that was for Finnish people, like uh, the more difficult part than the Spanish cedar. Because that's something okay. that grows in our backyard. It's, a, it's a, not, not like, you know, what about the American cars? What about the American maple? I mean, Gibson didn't make their tops of birch. Birch can't be good. Right. You know, they mm-hmm. made their tops of maple. That must be, mm-hmm. you must have flamed maple just like they did. Yeah, and if you you're going to have a different wood, you probably want it to come from some super exotic sounding place. So yeah, and not not something that's in their backyard. Okay, yeah. even though it's got beautiful, crazy, amazing figuring for anyone. Yeah, that's not... but 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 in this regard, the world has changed a lot. So so twenty five years ago, twenty years ago, these things were really challenging, really difficult. Um, mm. I think I think the the whole concept of local wood or or using so wide array of different kinds of materials for, for electric guitars, it, it was not so accepted. Right. Builders were more leaning towards using the, the same old, same old. Mm. And, and it's also partly very understandable for, for the functional purposes and the longevity. I mean, we know how certain types of woods uh, behave over the decades, mm. over, the, over centuries even. Yeah, Whereas you take security. some other species that hasn't been used for that purpose, what then? So then yeah. you, you can change these challenges. It's 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 very understandable 
that that uh, b- builders want to be careful careful with that stuff. But the world mm. has changed. I think nowadays the 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 idea of local wood, the idea of sustainability, like we want to eat local food, we want to have local wood built guitars. It's mm-hmm. it has become mm-hmm. a, a sort of a a winning winning trend um mm-hmm. which is which i think is cool it's 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 very cool for example at the uh, the past holy grail guitar shows where where we uh, we had um, um i'm saying we had because i'm one of the founders of the european guitar yeah. builders association that mm-hmm. organized the show so so we had their exhibitors uh, from at best, like from thirty-eight countries or something crazy like that, like from every mm-hmm. continent, every corner of the planet, we had someone. And you know, local wood and the and the whole idea of diversified universe of of making electric guitars, acoustic guitars these days. Mm-hmm. You could see they're under one roof, you know, and you yeah. you could you could experience that when this guy is coming from Mexico. You can mm. actually see it from the instrument. That guy, that's different guitar. Yeah, and you yeah, couldn't yeah, yeah. make that guitar if you wouldn't come from from Mexico. You, no, you, and you know, it, it's in if it's, everyone was just trying to build the American guitars, you wouldn't necessarily have that diversity in it. Yeah, of of, of so of it, it's really it's really awesome. Or 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 another guy coming from Iceland and bringing mm-hmm. guitars that you could see that you know that. Uh, viking uh, viking tradition and and whatever and dipping the guitars in geysers and uh, yeah uh, all sorts of crazy things from a different it's it's very fascinating and 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 i applaud the modern age we live in i i don't feel that we are in a worst place we are in a better place in in so many ways that yeah i i and i think the trend there is good because whilst you know in a world of things being industrialized and built on bigger and bigger scales and it being pretty easy to access that there is obviously the trend towards having stuff outsourced and having stuff shipped away and stuff there is this trend that's emerged that is emerging now and has been over the last kind of 10 years like you say of of local built stuff that ties into sustainability ties into supporting your local economy like i even know stuff i don't know if this is the same for you like if if you about 10 years ago 15 years ago whatever if you met someone who had custom made or like local made or artisan made furniture in their house i remember like to me that was like a a, a real like sign that you were you were wealthy because like we all you know we, yeah. all of us have ikea furniture you know whatever yeah, exactly pay grade or whatever we're on we all have like yeah. ikea or very very you know kind of big box store cheap furniture and no one had like you know furniture built by some custom maker or or local made with like english woods or something no one had that unless they were rich and now it's a really big thing for people to to do this with fashion as well like capsule wardrobes or whatever to 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 look at not the individual cost but to look at over their life and go well i buy this thing and then it breaks and then i buy another one breaks and they go oh well over my life i spend you know thousands and thousands on furniture i'll just do it once yeah. on this thing which is built to last for hundreds of years and is going to be here well after i'm dead and then it saves money and people kind of doing that with like fashion and shoes like i'll buy this pair and they got a 10-year guarantee on them and then i it doesn't actually cost any more because i don't buy five pairs over the course of the 
it's that's actually I keep seeing that and every time I see it because I'm an idiot guitar nerd person every time I'm like that's good because that relates to you know guitar builders could kind of capitalize on that and, and really be in the ascendancy because it fits with modern living in a way to you know yeah buy a locally made nice thing which is special and lasts forever you know yeah and I think that I think that's the future I definitely see that is the direction where we're heading Mm-hmm. it's slowly and there's going to be it's going to sometimes backfire and there's going to be all sorts of um, counter reactions to it but but eventually yeah. that's where we're going because I think we are becoming to the because this is actually this is a circle closing this is mm. you go 100 years back and this is the way that's it was that's how we live this is the way yeah. it was you know mm. if you need a pair of shoes you go to the shoemaker you know, mm-hmm. you need a you need a furniture. You go to the carpenter and ha- you have it made or what what not. So so this is where we come from, and and so we're coming t- slowly, and the resistance to change is going to be greater than ever be- anything before. Mm-hmm. But we are coming to the end of the disposable culture and and. Uh, um, Use it and throw it away. Culture. We're coming to the end of yeah. that, and that this is a, a this is a culture defined by um, the endless consuming culture that we've we've experienced the past forty fifty decades. Mm-hmm. Um, it's obviously free market um, capitalism. That's what we're experiencing, and there's there's good things about it, but there is the the controversy of of the capitalism and globalization and uh, consumer goods produced in the in the cheap countries under um, not so great ethical. Uh, in, in, yeah, questionable at least conditions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there's this whole idea of of benefiting from having the stuff we want cheaper and even cheaper and so cheap that it's that 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 it's uh, senseless to repair it. We just use it and throw it away and buy a new one because repairing it would be more expensive. So, yeah. So we are slowly coming to the end of that and this is going to be um, happening through individuals rather than rather than the mechanisms mm. that be it, it's going to be as fragmented as the music world has become as fragmented as we see in a lot of different like you were saying about the carpentry about the fashion about things that things are fragmentating and becoming smaller mm-hmm. and smaller and it's possible to kind of go that way mm-hmm. to close that circle and skip the those um, questionable parts mm-hmm. eventually it's going to be okay we're, we're living in the middle of it it's not it's not an ideal it's uh, it's um It's a very stressful thought to go very 
you know, dive into the deep end of the capitalism and the <laughs> con- consumer frenzy and the and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So let, let's not even go there. But but, no, it's but a, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, but um, <laughs> yeah, um, but but the tide is turning. I can, I, it can be seen like in so many ways. The tide is turning slowly, but it's is turning yeah and guitars aren't in a bubble so you know if that's if that's changing and again you know we take all our cues from from musicians so you know if the next generation of musicians are are people that you know they still love gear and guitar but um you know the way they cycle through things is very secondhand focused because they go yeah you know i don't want to be disposing of this stuff this stuff is built to last forever that could also attract them towards you know different builders that also have that mindset you know you want to click with someone when you're buying a guitar from them or a company and they'll they'll go towards those companies that are like yourselves using local materials this thing's mm. built so that you can give it to your kids grandkids great grandkids this is this is built as, as something to last forever and make music forever and i think if you've got a generation of artists that are going to think about that way about fashion and the stuff they buy for their homes and their local community and there it's you know we're going to be listening to musicians that that think like that that's going to affect our relationship to the guitar and absolutely absolutely and i think it's it's very commonsensical it's it's just when when you think that that you know the the greatest um selling pop revolutionizing band ever the beatles mm-hmm. the beatles their effect to to the to the to the world and to whole generations of of people around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, the way they that kind of a mainstream uh, world conquering in every living room on everywhere in the world. Yeah, you know. So that created trends. It created uh, a huge movement mm-hmm. in its mm-hmm. time, and 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 that somehow trickled down into the musical instrument industry as well. So at one yeah. point of time, Hefner could make a lot of money by making violin basses mm-hmm. that Paul McCartney played. So yeah. they could do that. Yeah. But but nowadays, no, no, you know, regardless of the fact that the Beatles. Their their um, their contribution to the to the world of music has been such uh, unparalleled effects. It is still far enough in the history where Hefner can't make much money anymore with violin basses, because yeah. because okay. the, those people who 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 wanted the violin basses because of because of Paul McCartney, you know, Paul McCartney is still hanging on there strong. And the fans mm. are a little bit younger, or the same generation, but but there one day that time will pass, and Herfner mm. probably can't sell more than one to five to ten Herfner bases, violin bases anymore in a year, and at that point they're not going to be made anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, if you think of it that way, and and now when we when we look at we talked about this earlier already. So what is going to happen 
when the Jimi Hendrixes and when you know these little bit younger generations and and Eddie Van Halens and and my generation of eighties when when this is going to be passing and we're going to mm-hmm. be old and and not buying stuff anymore you know and then we're looking at a world where where people have grown up in that fragmented world where there is no mainstream phenomenons like Eddie Van Halen or Beatles or Jimmy mm-hmm. Hendrix. They're, 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 they're grown up all their lives in that fragmented tube of their, you know, do they, mm-hmm. do, do they want to buy a guitar that their hero plays or do they rather maybe, has the culture maybe changed already to, to, to something that more individualistic way of thinking where where that mm-hmm. even the younger player would think that well i want my kind of an instrument yeah 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 mm-hmm. you know and so so there we go again with the fragmentation <laughs> with the with with the future culture that is extremely difficult to to grasp as a whole mm-hmm. but um but yeah that that's the kind of that's the kind of things that you and me seem to be thinking about, which is kind yeah. of weird. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I I think that once you recognize like the guitar community is not in a bubble, and obviously you want to think about it sometimes like it is because it helps to pick up on trends or analyze. But once you realize that, you realize it. Oh, it's connected to this, and how it's going to change is is related to these things. You know the the. The evolutions of these things are, are often created by like an outside force, even if it's only as far outside as musicians. Like you know, it's yeah, it's it's someone saying, "Hey, I need this," and someone makes it, and then fifty years later, we look at it like this essential, legendary piece of equipment. But actually, its genesis was literally a musician going, "Like I'm sick of this thing making a noise," and some engineer was like, "Oh yeah, that is annoying. Hang on a minute, <laughs> let me solder <laughs> this together." There you go. And then it's only because it then gets used on a bunch of these records that 50 years later, we're like, what a genius thing. Exactly. Yeah. The engineer's sort of sitting there like, well, it was my job. There was a noise. I stopped the noise. What do you want? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's it's kind of, it fascinates me. I, I, I think from my perspective as well, like, um, you know, not being a specialist in knowledge, I, you know, there's only so far I can go in that for me. Like, um, I like picking the brains of people like yourself who do have so much knowledge because uh, I don't know that. And it's so interesting to hear, but for me, it's like, you can't get much out of me. If we, if we speak for an hour on wood species or on this or that, it's like, you know, my knowledge is probably a good amount more than the average person just from being guitar nerd stuff, but it's not particularly interesting. Whereas uh, kind of the, the going across the whole broad view, you can kind of pick bits here and pick bits there. And, um, scavenge <laughs> scavenge all these things it's all there's so much to, to talk about in all these things well, um, i'm happy happy to hear i'm happy to hear you 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 belong to um still to a, a minority i would say you uh, think e- so e- yeah i think e- even with the even with guitar guitar nerds and guitar players i think um people who want to really find out a lot about these things and kind of under- understand better what's going on Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's still a minority. Um, uh, like say putting it in a, uh, like looking at it from another perspective, um, there are so much 
players. This is my mm-hmm. experience. So much players. When, when really, like talking about... Um, um, people who are uh, creative and want to make music. People who want to make music. Mm-hmm. I would say that it, it's almost like majority of people who want to create music and make music and play, you know, and they're, they're the type of guys, like, for example, my son, who is 25 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, he uses all his time playing guitar. That's good. All he's, his time he's, he's playing well. guitar. Yeah. <laughs> and he records, he has a band, he has all kinds of projects. He plays, uh, makes theater stuff. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and it's great. so, yeah, so he's, he's doing that stuff all the time. And, um, I I would say, yeah, it's fair to say that he's absolutely not interested in in Tonewood, Sniff, <laughs> sniff, yeah. sniffing the corks. Yeah, yeah, he's not interested in that. He wants to play guitars. He wants them to sound right. He wants them to be easy to play. Mm-hmm. He wants to get the sounds he's looking from from them. But when the, when the when the guitar does its job, and mm-hmm. it continues doing its job, like tomorrow and and next week and next month and next year and it's reliable yeah. i mean that's when he kind of likes a guitar that this is, doesn't bring me problems it's and it's a it. guitar yeah. it yeah. works it does its job but he's not interested beyond that mm-hmm. in, in the tone wood or you know whether uh like <laughs> no it's and I, I i feel this is um we have a lot of a lot of customers like that uh, which also is i mean I, I love every kind of customers. I I really love talking guitars with people. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. for me this is a passion so I'm really enjoying this with you uh to mm-hmm. dive in this stuff. Um so don't get me wrong it's not, not there's not a criticism towards this type of customer or that type of customer. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. but but there's certain different kind of um uh, satisfaction for me as a as a builder. Uh, also mm-hmm. to work with a with a customer who is interested in his sound right and in his mm-hmm. like tools yeah yeah but he's kind of leaving the rest to me you know make the decisions mm-hmm. that will solve my problems mm-hmm. you know and yeah, but yeah. but when i'm starting to talk about it like well i have this spanish cedar and this thermal aged blah 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 and and this type of truss rod and and then the guy starts yawning like in half a minute <laughs> Like, yeah, oh, yeah. you know, like just make it and don't. <laughs> yeah, you do it. That's your job. Well, you usually <laughs> they're, they're more polite than that. They, they don't, they don't yawn in front of me. They turn their backs and yawn. But, uh, but, uh, but, but anyways, they, I mean, I get it. The geeks are geeks. And it's mm-hmm. great. I'm, 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 I feel at home among geeks, but, uh, but not all, all guitar players are. They're kind of more, I, I feel some of the most talented players i know they're really just they just focused in playing and making music and getting some sound sure yeah mm-hmm. and beyond that the 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 instrument it's just an instrument it's just an instrument that that is supposed to do their job so they can communicate yeah whatever the tool they of feel expression. yeah I mean, that was, that was until really recently, that was what it was for me. Like I was not, um, 
when I was a kid and I was playing in bands and I was growing up, I was not um, interested in my gear. Like I used to just, I did not know anything about any of it apart from because I thought guitars were cool. You know, I'd read some of the magazines and stuff, mm. but it was really only, I would still only really read the players talking about their stuff. Like I was not that interested in like, here's the expert talking about it. It was like the players are talking about it. And then I would think, oh, that's cool. But, you know, I played all my gigs just with like, I had a single multi effects unit and two guitar cables. That's all I had in my guitar. I showed up and I and I had a practice amp, so I didn't even have an amp. And I just show up and be like, oh, what amp can I use? And I didn't know what any of them were. And I didn't care. And it's like plugging to that one. I'd be like, oh, fine. Don't care. Um, and it, it is still the center of guitar for me is still as a place to express myself. But the thing that got me interested in the geeky side of it a few years back that's led to kind of all this um and this is the reason i I prefer talking to people like you is it's the personal side of it it's like it's your passion and your relation to music and when i talk to the people behind these things and it can still be at like a bigger company you know but Mm. it can be harder to see there is you know I'm, i'm not super interested in having a crazy long conversation with them on like you know maple versus rosewood fretboard apart from to like get their knowledge because i don't have it and i think that's really interesting but it's more the passion and guitar builders and pedal builders and people who've worked in this industry for 25 years they always remind me of of guitar players like you said a thing earlier that sounded exactly like a guitar player which was like this thing wasn't a sensible idea it wasn't a good idea to do in my life it wasn't a, a smart business idea I just had this feeling about like I had to do it. That was always what fascinated me about guitarists was, you know, some of them like really, really smart people who failed at school because they were like, I couldn't stop thinking about music. Like I got straight A's and then I found like, you know, whatever it was, Iron Maiden or I found Nirvana or whatever. (laughs) And I just started failing everything. I just couldn't stop playing guitar and that's all I could do. And that was the thing that fascinated me. And then when I see that in guitar land, that's the thing that draws me in um for me rather than necessarily like um you know I, I i'm not i'm not i don't really follow the stuff which is like the new tube screamer clone versus my old tube screamer clone and how do they yeah. sound different yeah. i'm like i don't i don't really i don't really <laughs> <Yeah>. care <laughs> to be yeah. honest yeah so it's the per- it's the passion of people like you that kind of yeah that's me and that is that is him. yeah and that is i think that is the thing that um, fundamentally connects. It connects you and me. It connects. Mm-hmm. I, I feel that's the thing that connects me with with every, every player or guitar enthusiast whoever comes to me with, right. with with guitar stuff. And of course, that's that's the. That's the wonderful thing, and I think that that's also one of those um, reasons um, why I'm not worried at all about the future of uh, guitar or or especially the handmade, Mm. the small builder scene, whatever. I'm not worried Mm -hmm. about that because I I feel there's just so um that genuine direct uh, 
contact and communication that that can happen between mm-hmm. the, the 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 player and um and the maker of that instrument that could solve mm-hmm. a problem or so yeah yeah so that's, yeah I, I think it's positive i think that's that's the you know i think we've been we've been very positive i think we've thoroughly defeated the the, the uh the kind of uh guitar depression of guitar's gonna die guitar yeah. music's gonna die i think we've done well you know guitar building's gonna die i think we've done well at uh yeah. defeating all that we're some kind of like anti-depression pill podcast episode here for the guitar world but yeah the the, the, the only the only worrisome part is gibson and we're going to send now some regards <laughs> before this ends we, we have to send some uh, regards to the to the gibson marketing people and the and the ceo uh, current ceo and all the all the ex- executives there that um yeah you got to think about you got to think about your perspective, guys. You know, for sure. Yeah, you know, I think of your role. Like a... Think of, <laughs> yeah. of your role in it. Are you the hero, or, or should you be someone else? And let the players be the heroes. I mean, that, that's the that's what I would tell as a as a uh, honest um, from my heart uh, piece of advice to to the Gibson uh, people in the lead. Because the instruments are good, you just gotta yeah. gotta shift this perspective and and work with the the artists of tomorrow and the music of tomorrow. You know, although I, you know what, I feel like if we said that, this is so cynical and mean of me, but I feel like if we were like, you gotta think about, you know, the kids and the music they're gonna make tomorrow, they'd be like, got it, and the next day they'd bring out like a Kim Kardashian yeah. signature <laughs> SG, and we'd be like, well, not, not quite what I meant. <laughs> It's, it's it's getting there but yeah. <laughs> yeah probably but apart from that it's positive um i guess we should finish with the, the it's been like the what two and small... a half hours what yeah it's been we've <laughs> we've we've done we've taken apart the whole guitar industry i think it's your it fault you're so talkative <laughs> I hardly i hardly get to say a word it just <laughs> you know like that would stand up as a joke apart from the fact when you do a daily guitar podcast yeah i can't really <laughs> yeah i know i can't uh, really respond to that <laughs> yeah but i i know yeah. I, have, I have the same disease so it's kind of but it's, it's been really really fun uh, good I, I, I really enjoyed and and thank you for inviting me thank you so much for coming on um and i guess we should finish with the one last tiny business thing I'll put the links in the description of the podcast, but where should people go to check out Rukanga's Guitars? Uh, you should go to our website, ruokngas.com, rukangas.com. And, uh, well, we're on, on the on the usual uh, usual platforms, Instagram, Facebook. Maybe the maybe the most um, kind of, if one thinks that what, what is different, differentiating us from a large number of other small builders is that we're, we're putting out some stuff to YouTube that, that most people, maybe most other builders are not putting to YouTube. So, so in case, in case you want to um, want more similar kind of mumbo jumbo, as you've been listening to now for (laughs) the last two and a half hours, like talking about the philosophical sites and, and rambling about the ethics and sustainabilities and all sorts of different perspectives about guitar love. Um, <laughs> you, you could go to our YouTube channel and, and check out, for example, my weekly Wednesday live podcasts and 
things like that. Absolutely. I'll link to the YouTube channel as well so people can check that out and enjoy more guitar talking. But there's also cool playing on there. They can see the guitars in action and learn a little bit about the stories of the models, which, yeah, I mean, you guys are killing it on the web content, which, you know, not a lot of small builders are, but... um yeah, you're really leading the way on that front amongst the small builders. That's, a, so. that's another. That's another topic. <laughs> you know, we could do another podcast about that. We but, could, but we yeah, could, we could do that. You know, like sort of like the, the that side of uh, the. How could you talk about it? Like the digital footprint of a of a of a of a luthier or a person or a company or whatever. But there you go. But anyways, it's uh, it's another. You know, talking about Val Bucker, mm-hmm. then. As a pet project, well, the web stuff we've been doing is another pet project that uh, business-wise, it has inevitably, sure, it must have brought us business, but uh, Mm. considering the small size of my company, Mm -hmm. the amount of um, effort, energy, and, and pure money we put over the years to the mm-hmm. web stuff we've been doing it's it's absolutely insane it has no it's out of proportions and sometimes it has brought me nearly into bankruptcy but as mm-hmm. said earlier there are things that i've just had to do because it has felt something that well this is the way it has to be done and and and, mm-hmm. and maybe maybe it will happen to me as sometimes, sadly, quite often happens to pioneers. <laughs> pioneers are not typically the persons who are dying rich and um, uh, with 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 uh, with with all the material wealth in their pockets. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we are the pioneers, and then the ones coming after us will collect the fruit. Yeah. You know, what comes financially. Quite possibly. But but, but I don't um, mind. You know, (laughs) that's not what I'm here for. I'm I'm, I'm here for um, to have fun and and to do what I want to do. Why did I start making guitars so I wouldn't need to go to get a job? And, (laughs) you know, it's kind of like that. I haven't had needed to get a job. I've been able to build guitars instead. No, just a <laughs> part-time web developer and then yeah. <laughs> thrown in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's paid off, I think. You, In terms of the guitar building, you get to to put put your passion to work, which I think you know anyone can see the benefit of. And um, I would say with the web stuff, uh, from my perspective, it's paid off because uh, it's incredibly impressive. And, and if people want to get a, a a great idea of your guitars i you know i don't need to link them to this youtuber and this guitar magazine like you guys have got it right there presented super well so we we'll try, we'll try our best and uh and 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 believe it or not i have a long 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 to-do list how to make it so much better well i have plenty so much to look ideas, forward to but... <laughs> <laughs> So, so the so the so the madness will continue, no doubt. Good. Well, awesome. Well, Yuha, thank you again so much for joining me and being so generous with your time. You're most welcome. Matt, enjoyed greatly. It's been a blast. And 
wishing all the best to your 2021 and and let's uh, send some um magic spells and and conjurings <laughs> out to the skies and to the world so that this uh, crazy time will end and we will we will get uh live music back into our lives and uh, yes human communications on a personal level amen to that yeah we can all we can all get behind that absolutely all right so that's the end of it that was part three the final part of my discussion with you harukangas of harukangas guitars yep no more it's the 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 end of an era the end of what feels like some kind of epic journey perhaps the guitar podcast version of the lord of the rings or something but the trilogy's come to an end a massive thank you to harukangas for coming on here uh just giving us the benefit of his insights and and talking about so many cool things, but also taking up so much of a day as it turned out. Because I guess when both of us just get going, talking about guitars and music and all this stuff that we're interested in, hey, it just keeps on going. But it was great fun. So a massive thanks to him. You can check out Rukanga's guitars nice and easily. I'll put all the links in the description of the podcast. So wherever you're listening, those links will be there. You can go check them out, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, their website, which is, you know, as we said in kind of one of the one of the parts of the interview there really 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 one of the nicest kind of websites on guitars you're gonna find really nice guitar building check out all the different wood types it's great um so i'll leave it at that tune in for tomorrow's episode which will also be kind of a special interesting one um some important stuff to talk about uh regarding this podcast so i'll leave it at that for now but i'll be going into that on tomorrow's episode so be sure to come and check that out check out rukanga's guitars and yeah i think that's enough blathering on about guitars for one day how about we all go play them instead um it turns out that's what you're supposed to do with them so i'll leave it at that go play a bunch of guitar look after yourselves look after one another and i'll catch you again tomorrow